0: Hi, friends. Welcome back. This season of Thanksgiving, as I count my blessings, my kids are top of the list. But for so many couples, they are still waiting for their season to be parents. One in six couples will experience infertility as they plan for pregnancy. My guest today is Abby merrill Feeder. She's an infertility warrior, a coach, an actress, a solopreneur, and an all-around amazing woman. We also happen to know each other from our New York days. And we had a great time talking about motherhood, infertility, and joy on the other side of struggle. Welcome to the show, Abby.
1: Thank you. I am so happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me.
0: It's my pleasure. And backstory for the rest of uh, the audience is that we actually know each other from what sometimes feels like a previous life. It kind um, of was. <laughs> living in New York City mm-hmm. as Servers, the appropriate term,, yes. and waitresses. We were servers. servers and at a very fun restaurant. Yeah, really a high energy restaurant in Times Square. And it feels like just eons ago, but it <sighs> catches really up. I mean,
1: <laughs> it does, but it's one of those things much like um, theater or any arts experience where like you're so bonded with the people that you worked with because yeah. you become family.
0: So true. And we both went to theater school at the time.
1: Yep. That's right.
0: We were moonlighting.
1: We were doing our thing. Yeah. And now you're in LA. Yes. We both left New York. I'm in LA. I left, my gosh, almost, I think 15 years ago. I've been here
0: 15 years. So tell us um, the concise version of like who are you now and what and really like what's your mission? I know many 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 things have happened on the way. Mhm. We'll dive into some of those, but yeah. from our days as young naive yes. actresses in the mean streets of New York
1: yes. to Okay. to the now woman you Keep are today. Later, yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh, um in some ways my life's taken like such a number of up and down trajectories and in some way it all feels for the same purpose, which is Um, let's work backwards. I am now, I still act when I can. It's my great love. And I also do a little bit of styling. Like I have my own e-boutique with accessories and skincare. I call it Abstrom's kind of like (laughs) Nordstrom, Abby's Nordstrom. Um, and because of my own life experience, I am also a fertility coach. So I help couples and women, primarily women, struggling with infertility. And in some ways, those have all been, all those things have been entrenched in me in some way forever. So it's just a matter of melding them together into what feels like the right combo now, Mm -hmm. you know?
0: And you are a mom. I am a mom.
1: I have toddler twins. They're going to be two very soon, which is mind boggling. Everyone says it goes so fast, but my gosh, it goes so fast.
0: It does go fast.
1: The days are long, the years are short.
0: You said it. Yeah. It's so true.
1: Yeah. So I have twin toddlers that keep me sleepy and happy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So you've been, um, you know, you've shared a little bit about your journey. You have a podcast about that journey to becoming a mother. Yes. Because you struggled with infertility for many years. So share a little bit about how that journey went for you and kind of, you know, as... Again, looking back, you're a fertility coach, so now you're helping other people.
1: Yeah. So my twins were born in 2018. And since 2018, which is also when our podcast came out, our podcast is called Maculate Conception. Um, There have been so many more resources and podcasts and coaches that have become available in the space, which speaks to the reason we made the podcast to begin with, was that we had all these thoughts and feelings that we were talking about with each other for so many years. And nowhere to share them, no way to share them. Frustrating things that people would say to us that were so hurtful and they thought they were doing the right thing. Family that didn't know how to support us. Friends that didn't know how to support us. And we were like, this is a huge epidemic in our generation. Why are we not talking about this? And so my husband and I started the podcast pretty much at a point where we were told we probably wouldn't have kids ever. And I think there was like, there was so much grief on a daily basis that I don't think comes, people don't think of it as a, a grieving, but it is a daily grief that you carry when you're struggling with infertility. Um, we'd also suffered multiple miscarriages and ectopic pregnancy. And so it's very hard to mourn those losses and still get back on the ground and try to go at it, go at it again. Um, and we just had nowhere to put that those thoughts and feelings. And we just grabbed a recorder and started recording some of our conversations. and it turned into something pretty amazing, including finding out that we were pregnant while recording the podcast, which is not at all where we expected it to go. Um, I mean, it wasn't a surprise. We had done sort of our Hail Mary last round of IVF, which was our eighth round and um, and it worked, but we, it was kind of the last, like let's cross every T and dot every I and just know that this isn't gonna work again. And then it worked. Um, And I know as if anyone's listening who happens to be going through infertility, these are the most annoying stories to hear because you're like, of course it worked for you. It's never gonna work for me, which is what I thought and felt all the time. So I understand that pain, which is why I am now holding the hands and hearts of women going through it.
0: And so they really just told you like, this isn't gonna happen, You, th- you. this yeah. is well into your journey.
1: Yeah. So, And
0: they had said, it's time to walk they didn't,
1: away. They didn't really officially say it until the last round when our doctor who I love tremendously basically looked at us. I said, I just wanna do one more round and I wanna tweak this and I wanna tweak that because at this point I knew all the different things I could possibly tweak. And just so that I know, so that I never wake up and say, what if I had done this? We all know it's not gonna work. And then we'll move on. We were talking to a surrogate at this point um, and she literally looked at us and said, if you want me to do this, I will, but you are crazy to think you're going to get different results. Um, and that was really hard to hear because up until then, I mean, at this point we had gone into debt for, in, for IVF treatments, which for a long time, we were very lucky to be working really hard and able to pay for them. And then we just hit a point where if we wanted to go again, it was, do we go into debt for this? But I always felt like I'd never, I don't feel that I live in fear as a human, but I do often think about fear in the future. Like, will I wake up and be pissed I'm $20,000 in debt? Or will I wake up and be upset that I don't have a kid? Mm -hmm. Which will I be able to deal with? Right,
0: yeah.
1: So I always said money being in debt is not ideal. I don't recommend it, but there's always a way to make more money. And this was sort of the last opportunities to make more babies. So so we were like, are we gonna do this again, one last time? And and also we had done research into surrogacy and we were looking at maybe a hundred between a hundred and hundred and fifty thousand more dollars, which we were nowhere near having. Right, and so I was like, "We're going to start a GoFundMe." Which now there are companies that sponsor GoFundMe type campaigns for adoption and all sorts of fertility treatments, which is amazing. But even as this recently, as two and a half years ago, mm-hmm. those weren't readily talked about or available. And I was like, "We're just going to do a GoFundMe, and we're going to have people, you know, for fifty thousand, you can name our baby." We made we made as many jokes about it as we could, but it was horribly sad. And so then. And then it worked. Um, and by the way, spoiler alert, if you listen to our podcast, it worked, but, um, but yeah. it was not a straight path. Even my, my pregnancy wasn't straight. None of it was. And, um, I feel strongly for sure without a doubt. And I can only say this now that I'm on the other side of it, but that I went through it all to be able to help other people to go through it. And nobody again wants to hear that when you are going through it because you don't, I would have given, I'd much rather have not had that experience than have had to go through what I did go through and endure, but that, but that I did, and that it is such a huge part of who I am now and that I am so blessed to be able to help others with it is, is pretty awesome.
0: And you kind of touched on this, but I don't know that people realize not only how expensive this process is, but really invasive of your body.
1: So invasive of my body,
0: um, <laughs> I mean. And exhausting.
1: It's it's so exhausting, I I was at one point on steroids for a really long time and I was just talking with somebody I'm coaching who's on steroids and I said, doesn't it feel every day like you can clean out every pantry you have and run a marathon and cure cancer and you feel amazing and then you realize it's this insanely produced, manufactured Thing and feeling that is not real and is not something I ever considered part of my pregnant that would be a part of my pregnancy journey is like being hopped up on steroids, let alone, of course, the shots and in the butt, in the belly, the diet things I tried, the diet things I didn't try, the I mean, everything, everything acupuncture. I'm super into Eastern and Western. So I did acupuncture. I did Reiki. I have multiple friends that are, you know, I also live in LA. So I have lots of this (laughs) at my fingertips. (laughs) Uh, Lots of soccer moms who I know who are secretly, you know, I call them good witches. Um, So I did all sorts of energy clearing and I did all of it. I was open to all of it. And I believe strongly that IVF is a miracle. And I'm all for the Western medicine practice of it. But I, I personally also like to balance it with the, a little a little voodoo out there, never hurt anybody. Yeah,
0: absolutely. <laughs> well, it's all it all works, right? It all so works. bring it all in That's right. and do it all. And you said this before, like it was a really lonely experience. So lonely. Why do you think it is that we're so private? I think that I see the same thing. I feel like it's starting to turn when women are, you know, more forthcoming about that early pregnancy because in the the past we would say like, well, I don't want to tell anyone in case I lose the baby. And then it's just up to me to shoulder that grief alone. Totally. What is it about our culture? Is it, is it turning that we're starting to see more transparency about this? As you said, it's really an epidemic. Like so many women are struggling.
1: I think it's turning significantly all for the better. Um, I understand I mean, I'm a bad example because I'm such an open book. You know me, you've known me for for a long time. Like I could talk about anything forever, whether it's personal or not. So for me, I, I'm always like, what do you mean you want to keep that private? <laughs> <laughs> um, but sure, I understand some people do require privacy as part of their daily practice, which I really do understand. Um, but a lot of times that privacy turns into internalizing really negative feelings, which, you know, there's so much shame that's being brought out about miscarriage and stillborn babies. And I just, the, this is why we did our podcast. The only way we're going to get past these, these various stigmas is, is to talk about it and to share in the, in the experience, because when you know you're not alone in something, there is just so much relief and um, power in that it's, it's, when I talk with women who are going through it, they say something and you're like, I know exactly how you feel. It's like, and you mirror what they're feeling because you've been through it, and they're like, mind is blown that that someone else has experienced that. And so for that sake, I'm all about shouting it from the rooftops if you're open and willing to do it. And if you're not, that's okay too. But I do recommend, you know, find and this is for anything, whether it's infertility or any illness or any Good news, bad news is just finding your people to share that with, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we can't do it alone. That's None right,
1: we, and there's no shame in that.
0: Yeah, there's and like even as for a help couple, is a
1: sign of strength, right? Right. But
0: right. even as a couple, right, it must be stressful so because hard. you're going through something so unique, yeah, that our you know male partner or otherwise, right, um, just isn't experiencing that in the same way. How'd you guys navigate that?
1: Yeah, well, the toll that it takes on a couple is so also talked about less at this point because I feel like women are finally coming out and being like, this is my story, hear me roar. And it's harder for men. And that's one thing I was really proud of in our podcast and the feedback we get all the time is my husband, it's me and my husband and he's so open and honest and real and you know, we record, a lot of our fighting that happens and and the best feedback I get is when someone's like that's exactly how me and my husband fight because I'm like mortified that it's out there listening to it and and it's real and men I mean men have even less of a resource place to go to right they don't work so hard to create their tribe and there was no outlet for him and I'm his person and I couldn't listen to him complain about anything because I'm like oh really well here's what I'm going through um, so we just, that's why we did this. We felt we had to just talk about it, you know?
0: So I'm curious Yeah. to be a fly on the wall in that conversation. Like, honey, I'm going to record this. <laughs> Isn't that like, weird? You know, I just, did you decide ahead of time? Like everything is game for the podcast. Let's like make this a reality moment for everybody. Or did you say like green light on this, red light on this? Like how did that I'm curious how you guys navigated that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's a good question. I don't think when we started it, we set out and said, everything's fair game, Um, but we would start recording conversations and they would take a certain direction and we would have the fight and we would have already been recording. And then, well, I mean, I don't know how how in detail you wanna get into our podcast journey, but several months into recording it, we we very luckily, it's a long story, but we were matched with a production company um, and that production company, Starburns Audio, who's, inc- who are incredible, who took a huge chance on us, who had nothing like our podcasts remotely close to in their works of art, um, having them listen to it and help us create the narrative of the podcast. They loved the fights, you know, because they said, this is what people are going through this. you You owe them a service to have these fights on there. And we were fine with it. There would be times when we'd be talking, and in the middle of talking, I'd say, by the way, don't put the last two minutes in the podcast. It was rare. It was rare. You know, we wanted people to know what it's like to go through. And, you know, there's friends in there that we talk about that we've had to... Talk with them and say, We don't feel this way now, but this is how we were feeling at that moment. And they've all been so receptive to understanding that that's just what we were going through. And I think that that's why it's a really important podcast.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: If I say so myself, sorry.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. You can toot your horn. Thank you. It's important, though. I think that, you know, Mm -hmm. we don't get the joyful moments without the pain. Mm -hmm. And understanding that it's the struggle, it's living through those cloudy days, it's living through that. And coming out on the other side that lets us see really what life can be when we exactly. have not just all the rosy days and everything went perfectly. So, exactly. And I,
1: ra- rarely does it go perfectly. Right. So, but I
0: think the transparency, you know, I mean, I know you are, as you say, always an open book, but that takes a lot of courage to be transparent and um, to share your journey. Thanks. So, now you have, you just founded In Circle Fertility. That's right. So you and a partner. Yes. Tell us about that and your role there. Sure. So
1: I met my business partner, Sophie, because I ultimately coached her through her fertility journey, her secondary and fertility journey. And we ended up being pregnant at the same time. And when I was done, I just said, I think I want to do this Like all the time. And by the way, from the podcast, I would have random people reaching out to me constantly to be like, here's what's going on with this what do you think I should do with that? And so I was basically already fertility coaching. Mm -hmm. Um, And Sophie is uh, just, she's just a wonder, she and I are great balance. Like she's just, we have a different vibe, but a a lot of the same values and she's an MSW. So she also was like, I think I also want to be in the fertility space. And so we spent a lot of time because, you know, she'd be like, I have childcare for an hour on, thursday at four and we'd spend an hour you know sort of brainstorming how are we going to do this and so we finally ultimately right before COVID hit we were about (laughs) to launch and then everything took a turn so we are now relaunched um digitally launched what digital coaching digital coaching exactly which is great yeah um which is basically what we were doing anyway but we certainly didn't think it would be exclusively digital coaching and we, you can either do, you know, like a multi month long package with us, or you can do just like a one time, we call it the deep dive. Um, but we just spend time with women going through it and we analyze what they're going through, help them be, we help them as a, we provide, we just are an innate support system. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it has, you know, we're just getting off the ground, but so far has been incredibly rewarding and, no question it's part of my purpose mm-hmm. for sure
0: incredible, and I can imagine that, as you said, it's just having gone through it yourself and just knowing all the turns and all the unknowns. so I've never been through fertility myself, um, but even just pregnancy, and yeah. I can imagine all the extra weight around exactly. you know that process, and just so many unknowns to have someone. In your corner, who's been there
1: exactly, and also pregnancy after infertility is very different than or pregnancy after loss you know I spent my entire nine months sure that every day another shoe was going to drop it was very hard to enjoy my pregnancy and I was blessed to have a you know very easy pregnancy, which is crazy because so many things could have gone wrong. I was forty when I delivered my twins. Um, so that in itself was a miracle. And, you know, they call you geriatric after 35. So it's never good when you're like, we so got a pleasant. geriatric one here. <laughs> um, and then it would be like me. Let me hey. get my
0: gray wig. <laughs> exactly. And
1: my walker. Um, so holding your hand through that piece of it, because I think people think once they're pregnant and the infertility piece is over, it's just going to be so easy. And it's, it's very hard. Mm. Um, the PTSD is real. There's like survivor's guilt. I mean, even now, I sometimes, even if I see someone on the street, which I don't anymore, but when we did do that, when we would see people and talk Mm -hmm. to them on the street um, and they say, oh my gosh, twins, you're so lucky. Everyone's always like, oh, you're so lucky one and done. It's so hard. I have to resist not just saying thank you and moving on, but saying, you know, well, six years, a hundred and something thousand dollars, you know, a hundred and something thousand dollars, because it's, it's not one and done. There's so much history there. It's very hard to let go of that piece of the journey. I'm still two years later, finding it challenging.
0: You know. Right. So how does it affect you as a mother, do you think now? Or does it? Are you like, she, there's does. no shoe dropping?
1: <laughs> there's no, well, now you have all the worries of like, you know, don't get hit by a car. Don't get, you know, whatever. Sure. Normal all
0: mom stuff. Exactly.
1: Normal yeah. mom stuff. In fact, I remember my first pregnancy, which ultimately led to a miscarriage, but it was not off to a great start. It was like my numbers weren't great. And I remember my stepfather said to me, Well, it it, it took a turn for the better. So it looked like everything was going to be fine. And he said, Were you worried? And I said, Yeah. And he's like, Welcome to parenthood. I was like seven weeks pregnant at that point. And I'm like, He's right. It's not like it goes away at any point, you know? Mm -hmm. I think, I think that I, I am not a patient person and I think I have a lot more patience because of my journey. I don't go nuts when there's a massive mess or a massive spill, or I think it gives me patience in a way I would not have had otherwise, because I, I can have a quick reactive vibe to myself. Um, And I just, I just don't care that much. You know, sometimes I'm, My kids have been, I I try so hard with the lack of screen time, but at the end of the day, we all doing what we got to do right now. And, uh, they've been watching these God awful YouTube videos. I'm sure, you know, I'm sure many people out there know them. And sometimes I just look at them like staring at this horrible video on the couch in their diaper, like getting cereal everywhere. And I'm like, wow, I paid $120,000 to watch them watch YouTube videos. And I don't care that it was worth every penny, you know? Um, so just, things like that. I think I just have a little more patience than I would have. And sometimes I wonder if maybe that's part of why I was meant to go through it to, to have a calmer presence with them. And, um, you know, it's twins are freaking hard. Twins are hard and they're at a tough, tough age now. And, um, I don't know if I could have done it if I hadn't gone through it all. I will tell you off topic, but on topic, like as a kid, I always wanted to have twins. I always wanted to be a twin. It wasn't until I was like nine that I realized it was never gonna happen. Um, (laughs) I was like, wait, it's too late. But I used to cheat at the game of life and put like a little boy-girl twin in the car at the end and then drive away. And so in some ways I'm like, oh my God, I was made for this. This was what my life was meant to be. Um, But it's hard, it's really hard. And I'm old, I'm an old mom, geriatric. So (laughs) you are not. I No, I'm not. But, uh, and I don't feel, I certainly don't feel geriatric, but you know, sometimes when you're stepping on a car and you're like, I'm 42 years old, why (laughs) am I? I'm like screaming the F word about a a car. It's just not what I pictured, but it still makes me very happy.
0: Yeah. It's messy. Mm
1: -hmm. It's real messy.
0: It's messy. Literally and
1: and figuratively. (laughs) Yes.
0: (laughs) And beautiful. Right. And I think that maybe there's some mirroring of the journey in that too, right? That we have some idyllic idea of what motherhood is and how it will happen. And it's, I think a spiritual journey in many, many ways.
1: Oh, it is the number one journey, uh, teaching of letting go. I mean, Mm -hmm. you just have to, and I'm not great at that. So (laughs) it's, and and I've had to be, and I've embraced it in a great way, but it's still hard for me sometimes for sure. Um, but it is, you have one plan from from the little to the big. The you know this is what you're wearing today, and they're like, oh no, I'm not. <laughs> Even those little things, you know.
0: You wait, wait. Oh, till I know. They're I know. <laughs> Well,
1: I know. Except I'm also scared because my daughter's 18 months, and she's like, no pink, no purple, blue only today. And I'm like, oh, this is not gonna go get any. She better. might have
0: her own style That's fashion right, corner, which soon. I
1: embrace for her. So, or my son who like loves to wear. My son is a very I'm very open to any gender decisions made, but they are very gender normative. They, they have always been like, you see go to space and look down and a stereotypical boy, you would see him and a stereotypical girl, you would see her. And the best is when he wants to wear her clothes and costumes and tutus and he is adamant about it. And he's like kicking a soccer ball, but wearing like a pink, you know, onesie or whatever. I love it.
0: It's beautiful. Yeah. Um. So, Rock your joy is all about cultivating joy yes. amidst what has been you know <sighs> trying. Yes. <laughs> speaking of grief and speaking of long roads. So how are you cultivating joy these days? Mm. Amidst the mess.
1: So in thinking about speaking with you today, I was just thinking about joy as a as a topic and when you say cultivating joy, it does feel so active like What work am I doing, effortless work of the heart that am I doing for joy? And I would say in a lot of ways, I'm lacking at doing that work right now. It's it's, I'm just like everyone dealing with the overwhelm. And yet at the same time, I am finding effortless joy come my way. In expected and unexpected ways. Um, In terms of my own being, I think being an entrepreneur and being an artist i find joy in making any kind of an impact so if somebody randomly reaches out to me and tells me that their pot my our podcast has helped them i cannot tell you the great joy my heart feels or if i get an order in from my small business like you know they there's that meme that's like when you order from a small business somebody does a happy dance i literally do because it means you've trusted me and you've trusted my opinion and um, It makes me feel so much joy when I can not that there's anything wrong with crying, but when I can stop somebody from crying through their fertility journey, because they don't feel as alone because I've been able to make an impact on their very personal life, it brings me such tremendous joy. So in a way, I feel like I'm only now after having gone through everything, finding a way to bridge all these pieces of my life together. And that purpose in each and every facet of, of the pie brings me joy. And then there's lots of little things like, you know, there's a way that my husband laughs and it's just like that one extra hearty laugh. And like, (laughs) if I can get him to that laugh, it, it is like the greatest joy Um, or the marvel at the little things that your kids do, you know, there's a song that we sang recently. We didn't ever think our kids paid attention to it. We stopped halfway through a verse and they continued the verse. And we were like tear, we were like crying with joy because like we never knew they were even paying attention to this song, Right. right? So it's sometimes those, I think there's a lot of joy in the unexpected and we can't always prepare for that in these ways, like less joy in the bigger things we plan and hope for. Because there's more room for disappointment. So when your expectation level is lower, and I don't, I don't live my life with low expectations. In fact, I I think sometimes to my detriment, I live them with high expectations. But finding joy or receiving joy in those unexpected
0: moments, I
1: think, has been plentiful during this time.
0: That's beautiful. Thanks. It's true. Thanks. It's I, I'm. I think that you are. Um, You've obviously lived through some heart heartache and hardship and coming out on the other side and sharing your journey is really courageous and beautiful. And I think um, it is true, though. I really believe that joy is in the little moments. We we kind of think joy is supposed to be big and spectacular, and it's it's so married with those moments of heartache. It's almost right on the other side of it. So... It's really beautiful. And thanks for sharing your story. Think you're
1: exactly right that it's on the other side of it. It's a really great way to look at it. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, thank you for being here. It's oh so good to see your face. So my pleasure.
1: <laughs> I hope it gets to, we get to do it in person at some time soon. Me too. Me yeah. too. Thank you, Anya.
0: If you love this podcast, and I so hope you did, please subscribe. That way you'll get real-time updates anytime I post a new episode. Feeling inspired and want to share the joy? Leave a review so others can find the podcast more easily. Want to hang out more with me? You can find me on the interwebs at www.anyarock.com. That's A-I-N-E-R-O-C-K. And I'm also on Instagram at Anya underscore rock your joy. Till next time, rock your joy. This episode was produced by Dante32.